0: Her daughter was starting kindergarten and Nicole Solis wanted to know what her daughter was going to be taught. Well, in the past, that was a sensible question, right? You could request things from your schools, but no, things are very different now. Nicole was stonewalled, bullied, and eventually sued by the teachers union. Her story is coming up next. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family and freedom in their homes and country. Hi moms. I'm Debbie Corlitis, your host. And thank you once again for joining us. Uh, Welcome. Welcome mamas. Uh, We always here at the top of the show, want to invite you to subscribe and like our podcast. I do tell you this because we continually get slapped from YouTube and uh, they are trying to censor us. So please share our information with your mom friends. We are on all the platforms and we do have great information every week. Um, I also want to invite our moms that are listening. If you haven't joined the movement here at Moms for America, come join the sisterhood here. We are a great community of moms all across the country. We're united and we're fighting for our faith, our family, our freedom, and the Constitution. So I do want to invite you to join Moms for America. Check us out at momsforamerica.us. Sign up there for the newsletter, get our information, and become a part of our family. We love our moms all across the country. Also, if you have an idea for the podcast, would you please email me at podcast at moms for dot net. That's podcast at um, podcast at moms for dot net. I would love to hear from you. Um, any suggestions you have or feedback, I would uh, love to put that in the roster here for some possible guests and topic discussions. Well, on to today's program. Like so many of us, Nicole Solis is a mom who wants the very best for her children. She also has something that many of us don't have, and that's a law degree. Well, Nicole is a lawyer who stopped practicing law when she became a new mom because she wanted to stay home and raise her children full time. When her daughter was getting ready for kindergarten, Nicole called the school to inquire about the curriculum. Huh. Well, guess what? Now she is a defendant and a lawsuit brought By the teachers union well special welcome nicole to the moms for america podcast i'm so glad that you're joining us thank you i'm so happy to be here well you are a powerhouse mama so first uh we always just say to our moms would you tell us a little bit about the family you know how the girls like to get to know the girls
1: (laughs) yes so i'm a stay-at-home mom in rhode island i have two kids Uh, my daughter is seven My son is four, and I have a
0: wonderful husband named Adam. Yeah, good plug for the man. (laughs) (laughs) And good for you. You're busy, I know. Um, Let's talk a little bit first before we get into your story, which is incredible um, and actually inspiring too, because it's moms like you that are making a difference all across the country when we hold our schools accountable and ask questions about our children's education. But um, I like to kind of set the stage a little bit because you and your husband um are both highly educated you've uh trained as a lawyer your husband's a college physics professor um so education to you is very important clearly
1: yeah. yeah um you know my 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 husband especially you know he's always doing like physics activities with the kids at home and um you know we were both avid readers and so we were really looking forward to our kids starting school and we were looking forward to being really involved in, in their education because we we know just from our own experience how important it is for parents to be involved in, in kids' education if you want them to succeed.
0: Perfect. Right. So this story started, obviously, when your little girl was going to be going to school um, for kindergarten, as, a, as I understand. And you wanted to just check out the school and see what the um, what the school was teaching, ask some questions, start us out on your journey. And what what you what were you thinking as a mom? Because most maybe moms out there don't do this. But why did you?
1: Um. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking it would be totally normal to ask for a tour of the school to go see it beforehand, uh, make an enrollment decision. I mean, we really couldn't afford private school, but I still wanted to you know, possibly enroll in the in the charter school if we wanted to. So um, I just called the school to ask lots of questions, including like, you know, what's your en- enrollment in kindergarten? Um, What are you teaching? And then at the end of this phone conversation where I just called the principal, I said, oh, by the way, are you teaching all of this political stuff that I hear about in the news, like mm-hmm. gender ideology and anti-racism or CRT? And the whole tone of the conversation changed. The principal told me that they don't call children boys and girls starting in kindergarten, that they embed the ideals of gender identity into the classroom starting in kindergarten. And then when it came to CRT, they said that they teach a certain line of thinking about American history. And an example of that is that in yeah. kindergarten, they ask kids what could have been done differently on the first Thanksgiving. So all of this wow. was shocking to me. And when I asked more questions, like, like, you know, well, why why do you not call kids boys and girls? The answer was, well, it's a common practice. And I said, well, what's a common practice? And they couldn't answer my question. So then I emailed my questions. And when I emailed my questions, they finally told me to submit public records requests. And they said, it's because I had so many questions. I had to go through this formal legal process to ask any question, <laughs> including getting the curriculum. So I had to submit a public records request just to get the curriculum and get any question answered. All
0: right. So let's pause here for a moment. So you must have been clearly shocked and dismayed about um even just what they're well you if you ask a question, they're supposed to answer it correctly, you know, and and let you know as a parent, um, have full transparency. So you're shocked basically by the end of this conversation by your emails, you're now digging deep. You're like, I can't believe this is happening. To a kindergarten five and six year old. Um, so you ask these questions and now they say you've got to go and you've got to do this differently. They're making it more complicated. Are they answering the emails um when you're sending these specific questions to them? Because I'm sure this is what I'm what I'm thinking. You get off the phone call with that principal, with that student, with that leader at your at your at the school, and you must have about 50 more questions. Like, what about this? What about this? What about this?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when I sent that particular email, I said, well, you know, what, what pedagogy supports not calling kids, boys and girls, you know, what, like, why exactly are, are you doing this? Right. Um, so I was asking very specific questions thinking like, oh, they could just email me back some, I don't know, research study or something. Um, but yeah, yeah what's I thought- supporting this. Exactly. And and I thought this was all really strange. And I was also really put off by like the change in tone of of the conversation, because up until then, it was all very nice and cordial. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Right. Um, And, you know, some public records requests they were they were giving me, but then others, they were charging me money for them. But they were at least responding. And I thought, okay, this is really weird. I guess this is how this public school does this. Um, And then, of course, comes a couple months later, I wake up in the morning and get a notice that my school committee in Rhode Island is meeting to discuss suing me for submitting the public records requests that they told me to submit. So, okay, they now, let, right. Yeah. So,
0: think about that. They asked you to submit these questions in a certain manner, which you did. How many of them did you submit?
1: Well, by that time, I had submitted about 160 because it was the only way they would answer my questions. They wouldn't take my phone calls. Um, I couldn't get a tour of the school. They were stonewalling me. And then, of course, if I would get a public records request response back, it would then raise another question where I would say, oh, they're doing this. Well, well, what does that mean? So then I had to submit another public records request.
0: Right. Because um, you can only ask one question at a time. Was that the guidelines? um, Well, you
1: You can ask many questions at a time in one public records request, but then you get a higher estimate. So if you submit a public records request for all of the materials related to critical race theory, um, you can get hundreds of thousands of dollars um, that you would have to pay to get this information because they don't just want to give it to you freely. So I was submitting little questions at a time because it was more likely I could afford the information that they wanted to sell me which should really just be available for free already because we're taxpayers and we pay for this information. I shouldn't have to go through this process.
0: So now, now you, you, you just ended with it. You said you've now gotten a message that you're going to be sued.
1: Yes. The school committee put out a public agenda and it said, we're going to discuss or take action on filing a lawsuit against Nicole Solis for submitting 160 public records requests. So they were targeting me publicly and inviting everyone to come to the next school board meeting. And it was going to be all about me. And they had never met me before. They didn't know who I was. And they wanted to basically give me a show trial, which is
0: exactly what it was. I mm-hmm. went to this meeting. It was so now did, did they, inv- they didn't invite you to this meeting. You just found out about the meeting.
1: Yeah, so um, it's posted on the Secretary of State website. Right. um, All school, like all school board meetings. Public, right. Public meeting. Public meeting. And I just happened to get emails about my school committee's meetings because I signed up for that. And that was the only way I I found out about it. They didn't send me any kind of other personal notice that they were going to discuss suing me at this meeting. So it's it's really- Not
0: even that they just wanted to maybe have a discussion with you or answer any of your questions or help with any transparency or- You know just satisfy a mom that's trying to bring but but this is what's happening in school boards across america we know this but i (laughs) too bad they mess with the wrong mama here so you show up i show
1: up and it is a five hour long meeting with um hundreds of people they had put my public records request onto a big screen organized them into various categories as if they were presenting evidence against me. And they were showing all of my very reasonable public records requests as if they were very bad. You know, at one point, the chair of the school committee read off my public records requests, which were what is the budget and cost incurred by the school district for anti-racist training of your teachers? And I thought, well, why is that bad? I don't know how much this is costing. And so uh, the they were really surprised I think to learn that the audience was not on their side. At one point they said, well we want to hear from this mom in the, in the in the in the audience and the audience cheered because they wanted to hear from me too. and when that happened, the vice chair of the school committee said she felt unsafe. So here they are trying to retaliate against me and I turned the tables on them because I invited media I recorded the whole meeting. And now they were the ones that were the bully. And they were trying to make me look like I was I was the bad guy. And you know, they they convinced some people that I was a bad person because they had people speak in public comment against me. I had oh of one, course. Right. Yeah. One high school graduate who I never met turned and turned to me in the audience, and said, Your ancestors skinned my ancestors alive. So, so this is how they're teaching equity Mm. in in my school district. They're teaching racial division and hatred under the banner of, you know, kindness and, and, and compassion. So um, it was a, a show trial. They decided not to sue me. Um, and I thought it would all be over by then, but then two months later, a constable comes to my door with a lawsuit from the teachers union, who is now actually suing me for submitting the same public records requests.
0: This is a scary place, isn't it? In America, yeah. where the the uh, the um, these organizations, these movements can, you know, teachers' unions can now sue parents for asking questions. How disturbing is that? But I do want to back up just a moment because I love the fact and I get a chance to say that when we talked about this board meeting, when you found out you were going to be called on trial, whatever we want to call it here at the board meeting, you aggressively let the media know, right? So you kind of brought in a good um, exposure to the school, exposure to the community about what was really happening. And the media showed up for this original board meeting as well, right? That's what you said. That's
1: right. I was on Fox and Friends in the morning to expose (laughs) the school district. Um, After the school committee meeting, I went on Tucker Carlson. Uh, For the past two years, I've just been running the media gauntlet, telling my story, and that's really the key that that parents need to take advantage of. You know, when they're trying to silence you, you need to get louder. And the effective way to get louder is to go to the media. So um, they don't know what to do when they think no. they're going to
0: railroad you, right? And then right. You fight. and they surely love to bully. This yeah. is like their this is their game. Um, I guess I was curious too. Do you think anyone on that that board, um, the school board? Probably was shocked to find out what was even happening in their schools because you know a lot of these board members don't even know what's happening in their school.
1: Well, after doing research a couple of years back in school committee meetings, it turns out they were all on board. They this school board was actively pushing an anti racist or critical mm-hmm. race theory agenda and a gender ideology agenda, and um, you know, they. They're the ones that are responsible for it. So I don't think anyone was shocked that this is what was going Okay,
0: so on. they were, because sometimes we do find that school board members, you know, you just, you have to take it into the light, right? You got to expose it. So sometimes school board members don't know. Um, often, always, I would say other teach, uh, other parents have no idea. What was the response from parents in the community when they heard the responses to these questions and these logical questions that were they being were asked? asked.
1: They were angry. I mean, you can hear sure parents in, in the meeting yelling, "We want to know what our kids are learning." Um, at one point, a school board member said, uh, "You know, I, I unequivocally disagree with Nicole's political positions because that was really the point of the meeting was to discuss my political motivations right. and my moral character." Right? It wasn't really about the public records request. It was to uh, vilify me. And they said, um, "And they said, 'Oh, but we're not here to judge Nicole.'" And they said, "Yes, you are. That's why you're holding this meeting." So they didn't fool anybody. Yeah. And uh, the only people that agreed with the school board were, you know, the plants that they invite to come mm-hmm. to be on the their The agitators. Side. Exactly. It's all orchestrated or orchestrated when you have people coming, giving the same talking points that the school board is giving.
0: So when you had a chance to respond, did they give you um, ample time or did they cut you off or, you know, or did you feel like you had a chance to somewhat represent yourself at this meeting?
1: Um, yes, I mean, I, I brought a lawyer. I spoke at public comment. I was the first one to talk, and I said, "And I said, you know what I've been saying all along, which is, you told me to submit these public records requests, and now you're discussing suing me for doing what you you told me to do. And what we want to know is what's going on in the school district. Um, mm-hmm. We don't want parents being sued for asking what's going on in the school district. So, um, that's I all mean, I- that surely will keep everybody away from asking a question, right? Of course, because their message was to tell other parents that if you do what I did, they're going to come after you too, possibly with litigation or with a Salem witch trial, like they did with me. So unreal. Yeah. The damage is done no matter what, you know, everyone's going to be worried.
0: Right. But a lot of people are inspired by your story and they're asking these questions at their school and they're fighting back. So they, the original lawsuit from the national education association that was dropped
1: Well, um, the National Education Association tried to withdraw their lawsuit against me. However, the judge would not allow them to because this is something called a SLAP suit. SLAP stands for Strategic Litigation Against Public Participation. So when they sued me, um, I got representation from the Goldwater Institute out in Arizona. And our argument is that they used litigation to bully and harass me And that Mm -hmm. it's only frivolous litigation that they don't have a legal basis to sue me. So we are still in litigation with the teachers union and we are litigating the slap portion of the lawsuit to show that they're only harassing me.
0: All right. So you got two situations still kind of in the fire here a little bit. So how could the teachers union sue you? They just kind of came in as the second the somebody gave you the right punch, and then somebody's coming in with the left punch. I mean, this was obviously seems very orchestrated, and you know, just perfectly timed.
1: Yes, um, I think it was orchestrated because I had a teachers' union executive from the Rhode Island NEA that was elected to my school board. So this is not just someone who is a teacher and a member of the school board. She is an ex- she's the executive assistant to the executive um, at the NEA Rhode Island. And so she's sitting on my school board, and then suddenly I get a lawsuit from the NEA. Well, gee, I wonder how that happened. So um, of course, we believe that this was orchestrated by the school board and the teachers union working in concert to bully and harass me in order to stop my public records requests. Their argument, um, you know, first, I think what, what I can clear up here is that anybody can sue anybody for anything. It's It can be a frivolous lawsuit. You can go to court and file something. And then the other side has to come to court and actually say, well, this is a bogus lawsuit and they're just doing this to bully me. So when people say, well, well how can they sue you? I think people don't understand that. Like you really can Right.
0: Money anybody can.
1: right. So um, their argument is if public information comes out of my public records requests, teachers will be harassed by national conservative groups, you know, like Moms for America. But what <laughs> they really mean is they will be criticized by people mm-hmm. if public information comes out, and criticism is a part of being a public entity. You can't avoid right. public scrutiny by fa- filing a lawsuit against those that are scrutinizing you. So um, I think that they probably wish they never did this lawsuit because it's been going on mm-hmm. for two years. Um, And my goal is to hold them accountable, to show them that they can't railroad me and my family and they can't do this to other parents either.
0: Yeah, and needless to say, they didn't know your, your background as you study law, I, I love this, you know, sometime God, God pulls up the old, maybe something we've put on the, uh, the bookshelf and retired for a little bit, you know, when you had your kids and then you just had to take that off and be like, okay, God, I've got this in the back of my pocket because you think like this, you understood that this was not, they didn't have a legal leg to stand on and and good for you. Good for you. Um, were you intimidated at all or did it just, imp- you just were like, this isn't going to happen. They're not going to bully me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I wasn't intimidated be- because of uh, my legal background. Um, You know, and I, I want parents to know, you know, you don't have to have a legal background to fight this this kind of intimidation from the teacher's union. But I just, I, I certainly wasn't in- intimidated. And, um, you know, it's, it's when you meet your school board and you kind of, I know this sounds very mean, but. I, I don't believe my school board members are very intelligent, so I'm not intimidated by, by <laughs> people that I don't really have a lot of respect for. Um, and I think if we all can kind of look at our school board members through that lens of like, you know, these people, they're, they're like my neighbors. They're, you know, just like a normal guy down the street. They're They're not kings and queens. We don't have to be intimidated by them because they are supposed to be civil servants that work for us, not monarchs we have to bow to.
0: Right. Yeah. They're not rulers. Um, they're not kings and queens. They are elected to help us educate our kids, and boy, has that gone up the, the railroad in a crazy way. So Goldwater is representing you right now. So that is still happening. The the current lawsuit with the teachers union.
1: Yes, yes. So I have that lawsuit, and then um, I also sued my school because they kept me out of public meetings where they were discussing a race-based education. So Mm
0: -hmm. I have
1: this second lawsuit going on um, saying that they violated the Open Meetings Act and we're currently deposing school committee
0: members um, that we've been doing it this summer. Look at you, look at you go mom. I just love this. I just love this. It just, it's so inspiring because look at the difference you're making. And I am sure that you are empowering other moms as you share your story and you educate your community. So what did you do with your baby girl? Where is she at school? Obviously you didn't send her there.
1: Right. Oh my gosh. I couldn't send her there because I didn't feel safe at that school. I was, of course, (laughs) so I put her in Catholic school. And um, it's been a blessing in disguise because we we love the school, we we love the religious values that they're teaching, and um, we're just very lucky that we're able to do it. Right. Um, it's of course a, a huge financial strain because we didn't plan on it. I went to public school, my husband went to public school, right. and um, you know it's working out so far. So,
0: and like we know, public school isn't what public school used to be. I mean, it is just. It is some kind of creation that none of us can even understand what they have made this to be an indoctrination camp. So this whole experience has turned you into really being uh, an activist and an advocate for transparency, um, you know, for moms to explore their kids' education and ask questions. Um, Has it surprised you that this is where you've ended up? This has kind of become a calling for you personally.
1: Yes, um, you know, I, I didn't plan on doing this work when I right. had kids. You know, I I quit being a lawyer so I could be home with my kids, but I quickly realized that this is now part of being a parent. It's my work as a mom, and anyone can do this work. Um, and I now I feel compelled to do it because now right. that I know how profoundly political public school is, I really had no idea until this happened to me. It's something that um, I I think a lot of us are gonna be fighting for the next 10, 15 years because the wheels of justice turn slowly and um, it takes time for the outcomes of lawsuits to have an effect, especially on a public school district or any government entity, but um, I'm happy to do it. And uh, we've adjusted pretty well. Life is a little more stressful, obviously, but um, this is the sacrifice you make for your kids' education.
0: And really for the future of all of our children. What are some of the things, Nicole, that you are championing, that you are hoping to see change, uh, whether it's legislation, how do we work on transparency? Uh, I like to talk about that, and then I'd like to get into some advice for the moms. But what would you like to see as far as legislation or uh, dealing with this transparency issue with curriculum and the rights of parents to ask uh, parental rights yeah, well, um, academic
1: transparency is actually easy to achieve it's, it's really crazy that your public school district doesn't post all of their public information on their website and I mean, beyond the curriculum, you know you can submit a public records request and get information about, you know they spent $10,000 on these new woke indoctrination books Well, that should be posted somewhere on, on the website. And it also helps the school district because then they don't have, they don't have to spend money responding to public
0: records requests because they have to pay their lawyers to do this. Right, it's very um, time consuming for their staff and for you, and then there's a cost and it's there's a delay.
1: Right, and and it's an unnecessary process. Um, right. You think of all the other places that post stuff online automatically. Why can't our public school do do that too? There are bills that we can present to our legislature and to our school boards just as um, policies that they can pass. They're called academic transparency um, policies. The Goldwater Institute actually has a model policy that you can check out. And just you as a parent can bring it to your school board and say, hey, I'd like to to talk about this. Mm -hmm. It'll save you money and time. And and it's transparency for the taxpayer and parent. It's a win-win situation. So that's one way that... Um, we can make a difference is by pushing these academic transparency policies,
0: yeah. And um, we are doing that Moms for America, we are working to help we 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 do a movement called Schoolborn Ambassadors. That represent Moms for America and situations like this and talk about transparency and curriculum. You know, that is an initiative of ours, too, and we are working to do that. So if anyone wants to be a school board ambassador in their district and help us do things like this in their district, let us know. So shameless plug, but this is how we make change, right? We absolutely. organize, we mobilize, and then we work together across the country. So we are working on situations like this across the country, so we can get transparencies, transparency. and what and what about for the moms? What would you say? Um, uh, well, the moms should absolutely submit public records requests because
1: we can't stop asking questions just because they want to stonewall us. Mm-hmm. and um and even though, you know you're you're just a mom, like you're the pillar of America. Moms right. make families. And freedom is for families. We're the ones that create the character of our country. And um, if you want your education to remain free, then school choice is another um, policy that needs to be passed across the board in American school districts. And the way that you can do that is start calling your legislators and saying that you're not gonna vote for them unless they present school choice bills. We all support it, but we have to do something to take action and push it.
0: Do you think there's hope? Are you you talk about this all across the country with moms that have run into situations like this. Um, I know there's hope because we're gonna, we are the the light in in the darkness here. But are you seeing some change? Are you seeing um, progress from the the two years that that you've been involved with this? Well, I think you have to look at it state by state. In
1: my right. state. Um, it's it's extremely progressive. I mean, we're we're like as blue as Portland and, and San Francisco. So I don't know if Rhode Island will just be a cautionary tale, but I mm-hmm. think there's hope across the country for red states and purple states to be transparent with parents and to pass school choice bills that allow kids to get the education that's individualized for what they need. And you know what, if you want to stay in a woke indoctrination camp in public school, great, stay there. You can keep your school and other kids can leave and go to a school that suits their education needs.
0: Right. We do see moms moving their children out of their public schools, looking at other options, whether it's a faith-based school. We did that with, with our son um, or pods or homeschooling or combination of all of the above. You know, people are just trying to figure out education. Um, your words about staying in public school. I know that that was a challenge. That's why you went down this road is it is it really possible right now?
1: Um, well, I guess I meant if, you know, there are obviously people out there who are true believers in right. woke ideology. So, you know, if they want to stay in public school, fine. But I, I don't really think it's an option for people who just want to know what their kids are learning. You're treated like an enemy the minute that you ask a question, or at least that was my experience. So I don't feel safe going back to public school, especially in Rhode Island, which is a very small state and everybody knows each other. Um, and for for me, it's just, yeah, it, it, right. it's not an option for my kids.
0: Actually, I'd like to just have you, would you mind just giving us like right now if a mom's listening and she's like, well, I haven't called my school yet, or I haven't, I've inquired, but I haven't really called with direct questions to the principal like you did. What would be the top five or six questions that you would call and discuss right now, you know, as school is starting or just started, just to inquire. So kind of what what would be your, your main ask?
1: Um, definitely start with gender ideology. Ask your school, do you teach anything related to gender identity or gender ideology at all in any grade? Usually they don't have set curriculum, especially for younger grades. That's what my principal told me about kindergarten, but because they embed the values and they do it in common practices and exercises. That's why you need to ask your question like that. Do you do anything at all with gender identity in any grade? Okay. Um, and then ask more questions that they say, yes, say, well, what is it exactly? And you know, the next question is, have you done an equity audit? An equity audit is mm-hmm. where they hire a third party contractor yeah. to examine all policies and curriculum at the school under a race essentialist lens. And then, of course, inevitably, they say, oh, well, your school is systemically racist, and here's all of our recommendations to inject all of this racist indoctrination to fix the problem that they've diagnosed. So get the equity audit, get the cost of the equity audit. It's usually a, um, uh, you can find that with an RFP. It's a request for a proposal, and you can see all of the outside vendors and what they wanted to charge for their equity audit. Ask them if they keep secrets from parents about a child's gender identity at school. In Rhode Island and in many schools throughout America, the school is not required and they actually work hard to keep it a secret from parents if a child believes that they are the opposite sex at school and and they tell a a staff member, and then they will conduct secret therapy sessions with the child, with the school psychologist or counselor, and they're not going to tell the parents if the school deems that the parents are unsafe, which is an undefined standard. It's really just like if your algebra teacher thinks you're unsafe, which is really code for not agreeing with gender ideology. Yeah. So I think those are three really big questions that that you have to ask. Um, And then you can also submit a request under FERPA, F-E-R-P-A, that is the federal education law that says you can get your students education records, all of them, if you put in a request for it, you can see possibly on the education records if the school has changed the name or sex of your child behind your back. Because the school may lie to you if you call up and say, hey, is my child going through any like gender identity crisis, mental health crisis at school? They may lie to you. Getting the education records under a FERPA request is um, something that they have to give you and, and reveal that if they're changing
0: the records. Wow, great advice. Great advice. I think we just have to, if moms just start asking more questions and being more engaged, um, and we just can't trust the system. We just cannot trust the educational system at all because this is where they're, you know, they're sealing our kids' hearts and minds. And it's not in every school district. There are conservative pockets across the country where parents are able to uh, have decent communication and understand what's happening, but it's getting rare, very, very rare now. Um, it would really uh, behoove every mom to make sure that they know what's going on in their school, so just like you did. You just want to ask a couple of questions and lo and behold, here we go. And I, I just love that about you, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for all you're doing mama. And um, we're going to be uh, following you and keeping you in our prayers and um, hello to your family for us. Thank you. Well, moms, Nicole's story is amazing. Um, what a great mom. I know moms all across the country are doing things just like this. It just makes us realize how important our vote is. Um, So we've got to keep thinking about legislators that will champion good legislation for transparency. And we also got to be involved in our school boards. We've also got to be involved in our community and we also have to be asking questions. So great job, Mama. You did a good job there, Nicole, um, and God bless you guys. Also, I want to remind all of our moms that we are here to help you make a difference in a variety of ways. So I want to make sure that you are signed up for our newsletter. Every week we release our podcast and in a blog that has great information just for moms where they are Raising Their Children and Saving America. So please go ahead and sign up for our newsletter. You'll also get all of our information um, and special events that we'll be doing. Check out, again, all of our resources at momsforamerica.us. And again, join the community, join the movement. While you're there, uh, one of the things we always mention is our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings. This is so important because it is... um, a great lessons on liberty. There's 12 lessons on liberty and America's heritage and um, our history. And what we realize is that when moms learn, moms teach their children. So go ahead, check out our cottage meetings, either start them in your home or join our online group and be a part of our cottage meeting series. Uh, we always say this, right, it's from the kitchen table um, to Congress, from parental rights to public policies. Uh, we here at Moms for America have it all just for you moms we are the ultimate support group so we say this every week moms we believe that Liberty begins at home and that you mama you are truly the heartbeat of America that's why this movement is so powerful it's because of moms just like you all right moms I will see you back here next week again share like subscribe uh, tell your mom friends about the mom's for America podcast I'll see you next week for another informative and inspiring episode righty, and remember Let's keep changing our world, one home at a time.